Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Before we start today's episode, I want to tell you about a wonderful little art book created by women for women that packs a big punch. It's called Know You're Crazy. And let's face it, we all have our own crazy. And in this beautiful collection of Vivian Beauchera's art prints, her little mad women as she calls them, art comes to life in the most delightful and relatable way. Learn more at knowyourcrazy.net. Welcome back, Tomatoes, to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes Newsletter and your host for today's episode. Now, before I introduce my guest, I have a question. Anyone out there suffering from stress or anxiety? Hmm. I think many of you are probably raising your hand because in this strange world in which we have found ourselves, there's a lot of that going around. The good news, Brett Cotter is here today, and he is the founder of Stress Is Gone, which provides life-changing tools, coaching, and classes to help release stress and anxiety. He's taught so many people. He's taught classes to Fortune 100 companies, hospitals, schools, so many more places. And he is also the author of The Three Keys to Managing PTSD, The Warrior's Guide to Overcoming Combat Trauma. So he knows a lot about PTSD. And if you watched our virtual renewal summit last May and June, you might have seen him on a panel as one of three experts we're talking about life after COVID. Well, that's nine months ago and we're still in COVID. So we're still dealing with stress and anxiety. So let's get right to it. And I humbly introduce you to Brett Cotter. Thank you so much for being with us today. Kim, thank you so much for having me on. It's a real honor to be here with you. And I'm excited to be with uh, the Three Tomatoes listeners Yeah, well, I think we can all use a little stress and anxiety reduction. And I know that you'll share some tips with us, but how did you get into the field of stress and anxiety? Because you've been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah, so I really jumped into it in 1999. And I was 27, found myself in another relationship. And I felt I was in a place in my life where I was mature. I had a good job. I had, you know, the the place I wanted to live in, the car, the dog, the girlfriend. I was still screwing it up, right? So I decided to take ownership of the jealousy and seek out ways to let it go and to turn the corner and move on from the jealousy and kind of drop that baggage. Well, fast forward through Transcendental Meditation, um, I was referred to a kind of like spiritual healer who within five minutes of talking to him surfaced the repressed memory when my parents were getting a divorce and how they were arguing with one another. 
that was the blueprint for all my relationships with women and how I was behaving and how jealousy was screwing up the relationship. So in those moments, we burned out layers of fear of abandonment, the pain, the sorrow of the loss um, of my father from the divorce when he was out of the house. And after that session, 90% of the jealousy was gone for me. It was healed for me. Now, the other 10% I worked on over the next five or six years or so, and it was a gift because every time I felt the feelings, I was able to greet it and accept it and unconditionally love it. So it was just a chance to unconditionally love myself. The journey since then, quickly after getting into it, I was kind of thrown into a situation where I had to lead groups of people through meditations, um, healing circles. And then I came back to New York and then got involved with hospitals, teaching um, meditation classes. And then it kind of just grew out from there. And I always maintained my coaching practice one-on-one over the phone. That's so interesting. So did you get into coaching after you went through this entire meditation experience and, and more sort of healing journey of your own? Did you decide then that you wanted to become a coach and help others? So in that one experience, when I was working on my jealousy with that healer, coming out of that, I realized that I did want to do that, but I knew I had, I had more work to do before I would even attempt to do it with other people. So um, I came across uh, three really good teachers that I learned from, and um, I really took it on. So with one teacher I was in the mountains with for 10 days, really getting into a lot of the childhood, early teenage uh, traumatic experiences, unlocking and releasing all the pain from those memories and really deflating the ego so I could breathe in and receive more of my spirit and bring that into my life and really heal some of those gaping holes that were in my heart that were creating negative behaviors or destructive behaviors in my life. Brett, something you said I think was so interesting and I think most people don't understand that PTSD is not just something that occurs with people who are in battle. It can occur to a five-year-old suffering through the anxieties of their parents' divorce, as you found out, it lived with you. Would you consider that PTSD that you had? Uh, yeah. For me, PTSD is just a traumatic experience that we never processed and is affecting our everyday behavior in some way. And it might not come up every day. It might come up once a month or once every six months. But those experiences, life and death experiences, are very difficult for our body and our psyche to process, right? And unless we have a, um, a kind of like procedure or a process of where we could hold those memories up in a safe space and activate the body's relaxation response to let go of the trauma, to let go of the pain, the anger, the fear, the anxiety, um, is self-hate, whatever it might be, from those memories, um, they're gonna continue to linger, right? So 95% of our life, we might not be getting affected by it, but something triggers it in the environment. It could be a smell, a sound, a person, an, an experience being in traffic, um, having an experience with uh, an authority figure like an officer. Um, it could come out in all different ways. What I do and what the book, The Three Keys, to managing PTSD 
the warrior's guide to overcoming combat trauma that guides people through a process to safely surface the memory and then let go of the anxiety and the pain within the memory and repattern it with unconditional self-love and inner peace now you can't change a past event in history but you can change the imprint on the memory and that changes how we experience the environment and ptsd is definitely not just for uh soldiers combat veterans it is for anyone that's been through an experience where they thought their life was in danger and it could be something they saw right it could be if somebody saw somebody getting mugged robbed or something like that or hit by a car that's a traumatic experience it doesn't need to be something that actually happened to you it could be something that you saw um, which affects our everyday behavior i feel like most of the population would have some sort of ptsd whether it you know is something that comes out at a later time sometimes right i mean it doesn't necessarily come out you were young at, at in a way when you kind of were able to get yourself out of that. But as you said, it seems like something could trigger it, whether it is looking at someone having a wonderful relationship, you know, or seeing an elderly couple walking down the street. If you had an experience with your grandparents or something passing abruptly, or I lost my parents at a relatively young age. Fortunately, I, I didn't suffer from that, but I, I have PTSD in other ways. I dislocated my hip six years ago and I have PTSD around that because it was so painful. And I've had to really work through techniques, probably such as you teach, to, to sort of change that behavior of getting triggered when I'm in a yoga class or getting triggered by the memory when I see an ambulance go by. And how can you give us a little um exercise that might help us in the moment if someone is suffering from either a, a memory a ptsd memory or just basic anxiety i know so many people right now are suffering whether it is lack of sleep because you're worrying all the time at night about what's going to happen in the next day or just the fact that when am i getting the vaccine when is this going to be over when can i go back to real life is there some way, some technique you can give us that, you know, might ease us through a difficult time? Right. So there's a bunch of techniques um, that I've developed over the last 20 years. And first, you know, you brought up so many good points just now. I just wanted to discuss one thing. And I'll talk from my own experience, right? So my parents divorced when I was six, that sorrow, the sadness, later changed a few years later into anger right the anger then morphed into jealousy okay so the emotions change over time right now yeah. the anger protects the sadness okay so initially with a traumatic event um, we could be in a state of fear and the fear that i uh was dealing with underneath it all was fear of abandonment okay when my father was out of the house so it's understanding these things that you can then give yourself the gift of inner healing and recovery. So I'll give you an example. One of the meditations that I do when I'm very deep in meditation is I will um, see my mother and father sitting on a couch in front of me 
and I'm on the I'm on the floor in front of them as a little kid, like around the same age of when I had that visual around uh, age five or six, and when they split up, of them just telling me that they love me. So I give my heart and my brain the image in deep meditation and my body and my cells of receiving that love, right? Um, so one can play with experience because our cells don't know the difference between what's imagined in the mind and what's real in reality and what is past and what is future. Every image, we, if we close our eyes and imagine something, the cells in our body believe that it is really happening right now. That's why if you close your eyes and imagine you're walking in a forest and then you imagine a bear running at you, your body's going to actually have a stress reaction even though you're in your house, okay? Because your cells are processing everything like a real-time news ticker, all your thoughts and all the images in your mind, okay? So I learned that many years ago. So I used it as a healing technique. So I can't change a past event in, in history, but I can change the emotional imprint on a memory. So fast forward to today, somebody that's having a difficulty with stress, anxiety. Um, there's a bunch of different things to talk about here, but first I will share stress stopper breath work, which is, I feel the most important and the simplest stress management technique that we should all be doing. Um, anytime you feel stressed, I want you to take your right hand and touch the tension in your body. For me, it's usually my heart area. So I put my hand there. Then I start breathing deep and slow. And then once per breath, I silently say the words, I'm okay. I'm okay. I do that silently in the back of my mind, that mantra repeating once per breath. It takes about 45 seconds to a minute and a half. And then the stress reaction, the tension actually releases from your body. Okay, so what we're doing there is we're combining the touch, the calm cells in my hand with the tense cells in my, in my chest area. I'm breathing deep and slow, which science tells us actually manually shifts gears from stressed to rest. And then I use a mantra, the I'm okay mantra. And mantras have been used for you know, over 5,000 years across all different continents. So I'm using three key stress management techniques that work real time in the moment by themselves. But we're combining them, which is an amazing way to speed up the process of stopping the fight or flight reaction. And the I'm okay mantra is so important because I tried to investigate many years ago, what is the core logic driving our body's fight or flight reaction? And I came to the realization in a deep meditation that it is, I must run or fight to stay alive. Okay. That's the core logic. If you're into like, you know, computer programming, things are designed with logic in them. So that's the core logic of our body's fight or flight reaction. When you say I'm okay, what do you think happens to that logic of our fight or flight reaction? You know, it's like throwing a big monkey wrench into the system. Okay. So um, some people don't like mantras. Uh, some people, when they use them, they say them very quick, which I feel brings upon more anxiety. So that's why I paste it out with once per breath. And that really transforms stress and your ability to get back in the driver's seat. And um, I tell people to get excited for the next time they get stressed because now they have a tool that works, practice it. And it also helps people get to sleep at night, which is something that you brought up. Yes, insomnia seems to be running prevalent in this time. 
more women, I should say, that I know suffer it than men in particular. I don't know whether that was inbred in us, <laughs> that we are just constantly taking care of other people and we don't know how we're going to take care of this situation. And I think that is an, a wonderful tool that we can use. And when you meet, you work with individuals as well as groups of people? Yes, so I work one-on-one -on -one over the phone um, or through Skype or you know FaceTime or Zoom. Um, that's coaching. Those sessions usually go about a half hour and um, we go very deep. We identify the core traumatic relationship, which is usually like mother or father or someone close to the um, nuclear family uh, when you were growing up. And, and if it's not a relationship, it was like a few traumatic events. So we identify where the trauma is inside your life story. And then we surface up those memories. We start to unlock and release the tension from the memories. And you actually feel layers of tension releasing usually from the heart or from the stomach or from the throat. And um, by the end of the session, we reground the individual with their own divine essence through a series of breath work. And um, it really repatterns um, how an individual is um, experiencing reality. So usually people will come to me when they're really stressed out and there's like one or two core triggers to that stress. When we go in and we surface those core traumatic memories, we are melting down the iceberg from underneath the waterline. The thing that sunk the Titanic was not the ice on the top, it was the ice below the waterline. And that's where all these subconscious memories are, the traumas are, the old relationships that we never got over that still cause us stress. When we melt down the tension there, then the whole iceberg just sinks and goes away. And the end result is being able to face stress real time in the environment with a much clearer head. And um, what I do is I train people to get it so in tune with themselves that they can authentically respond to that stressor without reacting the past. So if you think about the word reaction, you're reacting the past. And I imagine that this time of COVID in which we find ourselves, there will be some triggers in the future for perhaps children not able to attend school properly, or just all of the fact of the masks and, you know, we're covering up the part of ourselves where we show our expression where, you know, little babies, I think about that when I see little babies and they can't see the people, you know, laughing and cooing at them because everybody has a mask on. And certainly, you know, perhaps I'm being dramatic, but, you know, I, I think it's great to be able to get these techniques out into the world now. So a question, can you work, because I can see how you gave us that technique and, you know, you can read the book, but I think just working with you or finding someone to work with, even if it's just a friend reading your book together, is so much more valuable than trying to do it yourself. Because when I start thinking about it, it's like the anxiety, I get more anxiety about, oh, how do I do it? Am I doing it right? Can you actually work and sort of help someone enough in one session to, you know, I, I'm just curious that, you know. Yeah. So a lot of folks come to me when they've exhausted every other um, avenue for relief, you know, and the pain's not going away. You know, the stress isn't going away. The anxiety is not going away. And they're quite frankly tired of, you know, therapy. A lot of people come to me that have been in therapy for a number of years and they feel like it's not 
getting them what they want and they just want quicker results. So um, my coaching is typically one session. Um, if there is a lot of, you know, if there's multiple childhood traumas involved, multiple relationships, let's say there was an abusive mother and father and or the brother, sometimes that takes a, a session of a four pack, right? So you have four sessions uh, of 30 minutes each and we space those out once a week or once every two weeks. Um, but typically it is one session because the technique goes right to the source. It goes right to our biggest fear. It goes right to the most stressful experience of our life. And when you release the stress from those experiences, everything else just falls like dominoes. I mean, I feel like I'm getting a release just listening to you. You know, I'm trying to think of all of my, I mean, I'm a very happy, positive person, but you know, I think of the triggers in my life because I personally have a really difficult time sleeping and I'm wondering, you know, what that's all about. But anyway, <laughs> enough about me. I also, something else you said about ourselves and I'm a big believer in manifesting and what you said about ourselves, not knowing the difference. And you know that we're talking about stress and anxiety and not manifesting. However, that seems to me to be the basis of manifesting as well. We're tricking ourselves into thinking that we are or doing something, you know, what that we want to do because our cells don't know the difference. Is that correct? Is that sort of the same technique that one would use? So manifesting to me, um, I feel like one is connecting with the universe on a deep level. So I'll, I'll share a manifesting story around stress, right? So when my father passed away in 2014, I was really upset. You know, a lot of those tears were coming up. They were like very old tears from, you know, when I was younger, when I first lost him, right? So um, when I was actually in the, my mother was actually driving me to the hospital where he was right before he passed. And she's like, Brett, these are very old tears. And I immediately agreed with her, you know? So there was a very powerful uh, moment with me and my mother. So this is what I did. I was missing him. He had recently passed. I was allowing myself to cry anytime I felt it. And when I would go to sleep, I would say, universe, I want my father to come to me in a dream tonight. And he came to me and I think it's like up to 25 dreams at this point. So a lot of them was in the first six months of his passing. So I feel like the unit, and I would say, thank you universe for having my father. And I would say by name, you know, John J. Cotter Jr. For coming uh, to me in my dream tonight. I'm ready, willing, and able to receive it. Okay. And, you know, once a week or, you know, usually it was like that night or the next night that he would come and dream and I would wake up from the dream and it would be fresh in my mind. I would write it down. So it's like thanking the universe as if it already happened. And now the universe has to catch up to you. So, so um, now emotions can be very tricky with manifestation, meaning I would look forward and, and see receiving that dream and being with him in the dream and I would, it would make me happy, right? So that happiness and is kind of like the abundance energy that you want to tap into when you're manifesting. Um, and you want to be very clear with the universe, right? And when I would do that, you know, regarding the dreams and stuff like that with my dad, then I would let it go. I would see my wish just go. I would let it go. I wouldn't hold on to it tight. I would have it crystallize what I wanted from to come to me in a dream so that we could talk and we could communicate and I could see him. Um, I could know that he's okay. And then I just let it go. 
and I let the universe take it away. Um, and then that's how I feel manifestation works. Now, if we're really stressed, let's say you're stressed about, let's say you're, there was a lot of layoffs in your job and you're just worried about losing your job and getting laid off. That can also just be manifesting and um, manifesting itself if you're obsessed with all these stressful thoughts and stressful feelings, right? It'd be better for you to get in touch with the core stressors, let it go, put together your resume, and start getting it out to some competitors of your company, right? That's like a clearer plan of how to handle it. Um, and then you could focus on manifesting the perfect workplace environment for you. And maybe that still is the company you're at, but maybe it's not. And you just trust the universe in that. And you're just building that, whatever it is that you want to manifest in your mind, thanking the universe for it as if you already received it, emotionally receiving it. And I usually feel like the heart center is a great place to receive and also in the center of your mind and then letting it go and letting the universe do its magic. That's beautiful. Thank you. Unfortunately, we're running near the end of our time together. And is there something else that you would like to share with everybody? I, I feel like we barely scratched the surface of anxiety and stress that is so pervasive today. And I appreciate your sharing. I want everybody to remember that you need to tell us again the three steps for the breath work and all. So, so stress stopper breath work. The simplest way to shut off your body stress reaction whenever you're stressed, touch the tension, right? I put my hand on my heart because that's where my attention is. Breathe deep and slow, and once per breath, silently say, I'm okay, until all the tension goes away, okay? Usually takes about a minute or so or two minutes when you first start practicing the technique. I also encourage people to practice at night when they're going to bed. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly button. Breathe deep and slow, and once per breath, silently say, I'm okay with your eyes closed. Usually in about five minutes, it will knock you out, okay? Well, I'm trying that tonight. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, and the last thing I want to share with all our wonderful listeners is um, this wonderful free mini course called The Three Keys to Breaking Free from Anxiety. It's at brettcotter.com. B-R-E-T-T-C-O-T-T-E-R.com. You just click the button, it says break free. And then you'll have uh, one week of emails that will come to you with three videos, three guided meditations, and a, an amazing mobile app called the Stress Is Gone mobile app. And it'll guide you through configuring it. And your, the app will actually start to predict your stress and help you walk through stress stop or breath work right before you get stressed. So it's an amazing mini course, and I really would love for everyone to download that. Oh, definitely. We'll put that in our show notes as well, but I'm looking forward to signing up for that. I, I think most people are suffering through some sort of stress or anxiety, and if you're not, God bless you, you are so fortunate because there is just way too much going on in our life. And if we catch it now, and if we learn how to manage our stress and anxiety now, and we can share it with our family and if anybody has kids, you know, it's really, I think it's, this time is going to affect our children. Mine are older, but, you know, most people, still, you can teach this to anybody so that we can all live a freer, more stress-free life. And isn't that what we all want? Yes. And I work with parents and kids and they, you know, when you have young kids, they, sit, they lay next to them in bed and they do that technique at night when they're putting their children to sleep. 
It's super easy to learn. Um, yeah, and it's very, it applies in many different situations. But oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's wonderful. Family stress, the stress of the unknown of the pandemic. I think we need to choose our path. Either we're going to let the pandemic stress us out and we're not going to do anything about it, or you're going to get ahead of that hurricane, learn how to release the stress and the anxiety and stay ahead of it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate your being here with us today and sharing everything that you have gathered and learned over the years. I know we just got a little tiny portion of it, but I think it's enough to delve deeper. And I highly encourage people to sign up to get that free video tutorial. That's going to be amazing. Well, thank you so much, Brett. And all of you listeners, I wish you a stress-free day. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much.